Blog Talk Radio. Welcome. Uh, this is the Spirit Sisters show for anyone who is a newcomer. And uh, we welcome you and all of our listeners who are faithfully following us. Um, my name is Shauna Glidden. And I'm Debbie Surrett. And this week, we're going to be talking about the power of the East and the seven spiritual laws of the universe and uh, our use of those uh, energies and laws and their application as we go through times of uncertainty and change. Um, and we just re- can we just talk about how we recently had the power of the nor'easter that just hit us? Uh, yes, please. <laughs> Speaking of the power of the east. Oh, isn't that the truth? We had a major blizzard hit our uh, part of the world and we're still being a note today. I think we ended up close to me, around 60 centimeters, and you're probably not that far off, Shauna, in your no, yeah, it's the estimate. Same. Of, so it's uh, pretty white and woolly out there, but it's also uh, nice to be cozy inside. So so it's kind of funny we're talking about the power of the East, because we certainly got witnessed that power yesterday. <laughs> oh, with a vengeance, to be sure. Yes. <laughs> um, so what we're going to do this week, uh, like we do every week for anyone who's new, and uh, of course our listeners already know, we do a uh, creation of sacred space, and the purpose of that is to just bring us all into one energy space that's safe and nourishing and where we can just relax into the energy and take in what we're hearing and experiencing and be in that collective of sisterhood that um, has no time and space. So we are truly one in that space. Um, Then we talk about the book of the week and uh, then we share our topic and Deb and I have some stories and then we'll close the circle and and Debbie has a lovely uh, ending poem to share um, that's quite beautiful. So um, where should we go next? Deb, do you want to just run into sacred space so we don't run out of time? Yeah, let's or? do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and then we'll so, go into the spiritual okay. story. Yeah, you go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so what I'd like everyone to do is take a big, deep breath from your belly where you push your belly out and you... Uh, When you breathe out, you're pushing your belly in and you're pulling your breath from the bottom of your feet right up to the top of your head, cascading it down to the back of your body, down into the earth, out your feet, into the center of the earth to find the roots of a grandmother tree. And we're going to ground and connect to that. So we're connected to the as above and the soul below in a balanced way. Um, And this will begin our our centering and our grounding and take us away from everyday secular life and bring us into this quiet, sacred, open space. So what I'd like you to do is settle wherever you are. Um, and if you're driving, just be mindful what you're doing as we're doing this practice. And I want you to take three deep breaths Um And begin with your toes and bring the breath up from your toes, up your knees, up your thighs, the front of your body, through your heart, through your third eye and out the top of your head, your crown chakra. Breathe it down all the chakras and your spine, out your legs, out your feet deep into the earth to the roots of that grandmother tree that is eternal and connect with her and be grounded. Do it again. Breathe it in. Move it up the front of your body, up the top of your head, down the center of your spine, out your feet deep into the earth to connect with the roots of that grandmother tree and ground. And we're going to settle in deeper. Breathe in one more time. Up the front of your body. Out the top of your head. 
down your back, your legs, out your feet deep, deep into the earth, to the roots of that grandmother tree and ground. I just want you to breathe normally in this space, allowing yourself to be in and feel your body, to take your everyday thoughts and worries and anxiety and what you got to do next and put it either in a balloon above your head, which you will take back after we're done, or in a box outside your door. And breathe in through your feet again to the top of your head, down the back, out into the earth, into the roots of that grandmother tree. And I called all the powers of the four directions and the four worlds of grandmother earth to our ancestors and our spirit guides and our angels and archangels and our helping spirits to the spirits of the light of the land that we reside on wherever we are in time and space to those whose wings we ride as we reach into the realms of other dimensions and to the roots of the mystery of the womb of grandmother earth deep where magic and mystery and the power of the divine creation reside I call to the goddesses of the light that love us and the gods, to great spirit and the great goddess, the power of the divine feminine and masculine. Come and hold us safely, nourish us in this space, protect us and allow us to be who we truly are. Connect our hearts to the roots of the heart of Grandmother Earth and the eternal center of compassion and love and self-appreciation and all the beauty that resides there to each one of us as we are truly sisters and that sacred heart. Breathe in and breathe out. Come be with us today and sacred goddess of the light. Shine the light into the places that we are living afraid where we are small We are contracting ourselves where we are afraid to shine and be who we truly are. Be gentle with us and allow us to move into that light and its warmth, its healing and embrace, its fire and passion and protection, and be empowered with our true authentic self and help us to share that light with all of the universe with all that we know, and with everyone we come in contact with. May we shine our light so they may see their own. Ho. Come. Join us today. Hmm. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> I know we uh, we haven't been able to get together for a few weeks, and um, many of our listeners may have wondered, where the heck are they? Yeah. And it, I... Uh, I, you and I both had a little bout with uh, cold flu that was going around. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, and it, then it just seemed like circumstances were not letting us get together. But uh, so grateful to be back on the show again. Um, going through, I don't know, I guess it feels like the whole world right now. We're, we're kind of at a unique time. And I guess, you know, the world has always been through going through changes and transformation. That's really nothing new. It's kind of a paradox where the only constant is change. But um, I know personally I've been uh, preparing for a new job that's going to really be exciting for me to uh, start. And yet, even though it's good change happening, it's still hard. It's still difficult. Um, And I know you and Shauna and your family are going through some changes Absolutely. That uh, I think are going to end up being wonderful, but um, it's it's the unknown that can really throw us for a loop. And the tendency, the default setting, is often fear, and and then you get into negativity, and you know all you have to do is go on your news feed for a few minutes (laughs) (laughs) on Facebook or on the internet or. Uh, your nightly news and it just seems like you're just bombarded with fear and uncertainty and stress and anxiety and and you know frankly it's it's really tough on you 
stay centered and grounded while you're going through even your own personal changes. So, you know, we're, we're globally, we have the, you know, the three changes that, that are happening are climate change, and that's been super evident for us in our corner of the world. We yeah. never had snowstorms like this before, and now we do. Um, and our infrastructure is even, you know, really hurting because of it. Roofs are collapsing. We just aren't used to this much snow all at once. So something's definitely up. And it's not something that's a once-in-a-lifetime storm. It's now a once-every-two-year storm. Um, so we're having that, the economic changes that are happening, um, you know, and, and uh, political changes uh, with the rise of, uh, in a lot of countries, of the far right. So it's it's just a, a really chaotic time. And uh, I read a quote by Carolyn Mace the other day that said, maybe all that time we spent reading spiritual books and Getting centered, we're preparing us for this time, and I think she was right. <laughs> yeah, to put your boots on I time, mean, all, girl. Yeah, like I remember saying even five years ago, you know, we're going, we're going to be entering a time of great change, and you know, you you really don't get what that really means, but until you're in it. So I think we definitely are uh, are up to our knees so far. True enough. And I know uh, for myself. There have been always in the past, you know, I've gone through many transitions from from single woman to wife to mother to salon owner to not a salon owner to um, manager to stylist behind the chair on my own to now to teacher. And um, so, you know, you'd think this change thing would be getting easier, but it doesn't seem to. <laughs> well, and part of the... Part of, um, and you're going to share the book of the week, and I think it dovetails yeah. perfectly for this, is that um, it, it's getting more intense because we're getting to the center of our fear and our illusions oh. and our limiting beliefs about who we are and how we can impact ourselves in the world. Um, yeah, so, exactly. you know, and, and that's what you're going to talk about in terms of the book yeah. of the week. And I mean, I, and I know as I teach people, um, we're going to be bumping up against that because whenever you learn something new, you're always going to bump into the old sense of who you were. And it really doesn't like to let go sometimes. So um, that's why learning, it can be messy and hard and and, um, you can get kind of out of sorts, even though you're choosing to do it, it's still hard. And, you know, a lot of people get kind of freaked out by that because they figure, well, this is supposed to be good. Like, why don't I feel happy and good all the time? Well, it's, you just won't. <laughs> so don't expect it. it it's just not going to happen. So. Um, so, yeah, so a book that I've, I've turned to many, many times is by one of my favorite authors, uh, Deepak Chopra. And many of you out there know who he is. And if you don't, he's, um, I believe he was an endocrinologist or an oncologist, I believe. I think there's a big difference between those two uh, speci- specializations. But he's a medical doctor who was kind of one of the first in the 80s to start talking about mind-body medicine and now is a pioneer in, in a lot of spiritual books he's written. I think the last one is "We You Are the Universe is the latest book he has out, which I don't have yet, but I might pick it up. And one of his best-selling books um, of many he's written, I think it's in the 60s, I think, how many he's written, uh, is called The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. And this book has gotten me through so many times of change that I can't even tell you. So I'm going to briefly go through uh, the synopsis of the book. I highly recommend that you pick it up if you don't already have it. It's just a little book. You could probably read it in an afternoon if you're quite an avid reader. And um, it really does kind of ease your anxiety. It kind of centers you again. And in, in my copy is like highlighted and dog-eared and underlined so many times that it's it's just hilarious. And what the funny thing is, is each time I pick it up, it's like I've read it for the first time. So I love that's, that. That's when you know <laughs> you've got a great book. Yeah. So uh, if it's okay, do you are you okay with me just going there into that, Sean? Or did you want to do the Goddess of the Week first? Or sure, let me let me just do the Goddess of the Week and get that out yeah. of the way, and then okay. you can do I'll that, and then I'll talk spin. about the power of the East after you're done. <laughs> sure. Okay, so the goddess of the week is Bridget, and she's a Celtic goddess. And uh, typically um, in winter, uh, when we move from the dark into the light, so winter to spring, we are um, 
coming out of that place of darkness, which is typically, you know, an inward experience and a place where you nurture your inner fire. And what happens is we have the light that moves us into spring that's true about our inner light coming to share with the world. And Bridget is the goddess of light. She's the goddess of uh, healing, of poetry, of smith crafting, so metalwork, um, practicality and inspired wisdom. She's light and inspiration and all things associated with fire. Um, inner healing, for example, vitality and energy. And, and the key here is she's the bringer of the light from the darkness. When we go at Imblog, uh, in the cycle of the Celtic and uh, Wiccan cycles, wheels uh, of the year, um, it is a celebration of the light within that darkness that moves us along into spring. And the key here is, a, a, you know, a metalsmith um, in a tribe was a very sacred job uh, historically. And typically in in spiritual terms was associated with the magical elements of power. You know, so if you think about it, it's using the primal element of fire to mold metal into something that gives knowledge and strength and skill. So it's the ultimate power of creation in an outward physical form with that um, sort of tangible, intangible use of fire. Um, so this week, I would encourage you to, you know, sort of find out more about Bridget and and use the power of your passion and fire through candle work, which is simply lighting a candle and, you know, connecting to her and asking her to help you through any fear or darkness or the power of the unknown and to light the way through your journey into the solutions and the help and the support, the insights, you know, the, the leaps into that quantum field that can make something happen in an instant um, and use that ritual to connect with that element of fire and light and connect to your own. And that's uh, another way to sort of actualize the um, movement through difficult times and uncertainty. Love it. Sounds great. I'm going to be lighting lots of candles in the next few weeks. <laughs> uh, me too, girl. <laughs> um, I'm there. So, yes. So now into the laws. And it's interesting that the word law is used here because law means, you know, there's no fooling around. This stuff, like, is... It's universal. Is what it is. Yeah. It's right. universal. Yeah. Um, like, gravity is a lot. Like, if you know, you can believe in gravity or not, but you're going to step off your roof. You're going to, You're going down. Whether you believe it or not, that means unless you're in another dimension, that's a whole other thing. And la- <laughs> yes, or you're, you know, you got one of those yes. squirrel suits on. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, we we live in a universe that is governed by physical laws and also spiritual laws, and all of our great spiritual teachers have taught the spiritual laws of love and kindness and compassion. They've just said it in many different beautiful ways, but the message is the same. And what I think makes this book of the week, The spiritual Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, so amazing is that it truly is talking about these seven laws that really are about life, about you can apply them to anything. You can apply it to parenting, to being a spouse, to being a friend, to everything. So... So uh, without further ado, we'll get through them. Uh, the, number f- the first law is the law of pure potentiality. And I'll read what, uh, at the very beginning of each chapter, under the law statement, um, there's a little sort of line or two that c- really captures the essence of what we're talking about. So we won't be going on too much about this. Uh, the law of pure potentiality states, the source of all creation is pure consciousness. Pure potentiality seeking expression from the unmanifest to the manifest. And when we realize that our true self is one of pure potentiality, we align with the power that manifests everything in the universe. Now that, 
two sentences right there that can just stop you because you're thinking, wow, source of all creation is pure consciousness. And our true self is one of pure potentiality. So we're our, tr- our true self is pure consciousness seeking to manifest itself. And the power that manifests everything in the universe, we also possess. So that's pretty awesome to think about. And when you really think about it, you have manifested every single thing that has happened in your life, whether you're conscious of it or not. It's just now we're being asked to be conscious of it. So be careful what you think about, because what you think about, you will become. I believe that's something the Buddha used to teach back in the day. (laughs) So that's pretty cool. That's law number one. Just realizing that you're part of that pure consciousness that manifests everything in the universe. And you can tap into it. The second law is the law of giving. And it states, the universe operates through dynamic exchange. Giving and receiving are different aspects of the flow of energy in the universe. And in our willingness to give that which we seek, we keep the abundance of the universe circulating in our own lives. So giving what you seek is really some of us, a new concept, a new way of looking at it. It's like, wait a minute, if I am seeking it, I don't have it yet. But what it's saying is act like you already have it and give it, and it will return to you. So that is a pretty cool law. I love that. So if you are seeking happiness, give happiness to other people. If you're seeking love, especially on today, being Valentine's Day, give oh, yeah. love to other people. <laughs> yeah. We forgot to mention that. <laughs> we did. <laughs> we did. Um, yeah. So if you are seeking love in your life, if you're seeking uh, soulmate, uh, give love in your life. Be a soulmate for another person. Be that kind of person you want to attract and give that out into the world. And you will have it. The third law of success is the law of karma or cause and effect. And every action generates a force of energy that returns to us in like kind. What we sow is what we reap. And when we choose actions that bring happiness and success to others, the fruit of our karma is happiness and success. So I know all of us have experienced this where, you know, maybe you've had a bad day and you're cranky and you've said something out of turn and it just seems like, Nothing goes right that day. Like you just get your butt kicked every turn. (laughs) And I think the more aware and more evolved you are in the grand scheme of things, the faster that turnaround happens. I know I have definitely experienced that. But maybe it's just simply because, too, that I'm aware of, uh uh-oh, like I shouldn't have acted in that way and here I go. But also, you know, if you hold in your heart – a generous place for other people, generally generosity comes back to you in most unexpected ways. So cause and effect, the law of karma is huge. I saw a funny bumper sticker one time. It said, my karma ran over my dogma. I thought that was pretty funny. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, awesome. I know. I want to find that. Yeah, I don't have any bumper stickers on my car, but I, if I found that one, that would be on there. Um, The fourth law is the law of least effort. And this one states, nature's intelligence functions with effortless ease, with carefreeness, harmony, and love. And when we harness the forces of harmony, joy, and love, we create success and good fortune with effortless ease. So, yeah, if you watch, you know, a a tree, a tree grows effortlessly. It seems like that. A blade of grass grows effortlessly. And it doesn't try to be a tree. It is a tree. Um, When we harness the forces of harmony, joy, and love, we do create success and good fortune with effortless things. And it does seem that way. When you're in the flow of holding love instead of fear, everything seems easier. When you're fearful, you're, you're reaching and clutching and clawing and scraping and you're not letting go when you should, and, and everything is harder. When you're in this flow of love where you just accept, you remain detached, you, which we're going to get into in a few minutes, um, 
and you just have faith that everything is going to get like uh, when you uh, think about our title of our show how much better can it get when you think about that instead of how much worse are things going to get oh my gosh think about how much better is it going to get and think about the law of least effort yeah you'll, you'll accomplish more by doing less I like that conserving energy Number five, the law of intention and desire. Inherent in every intention and desire is the mechanics for its fulfillment. Even that right there stopped me. I love. I always love that line. Intention and desire in the field of pure potentiality, which is who you really are, has infinite organizing power. And when we introduce an intention in the fertile ground of pure potentiality through meditation, we put this infinite organizing power to work for us. So that is the um, that is a true, true law because I know all of you out there, most of you out there have been aware of a time when you've held a very strong intention for something to happen and every day you meet it with that same intention, that unwavering thought, this is going to happen, this is, this is what I wish to create and it does and it does seem effortless. It seems like it just happens. Each of these laws, as they're laid out, they kind of build upon each other. Um, the law of intention and desire is its important to remain detached while you have this intention, and that's the, the difficult part sometimes because you can really, really, really want something and then be really impatient that it's not showing up exactly the time, exactly the right way. It's allowing that intention to be held, yet not having to force it. And that takes a particular amount of skill. (laughs) Well, and it's fear-based, right? The the other, the attachment aspect of that law is when we really, really want it, we're actually in fear that we will not have it. And that's what manifests because it's more powerful than our desire to trust that we have yes. it. Yeah, absolutely. At least you talk about experience. you have your intent. Your intent is for the future, but your attention right. is in the present. As exactly. long as your attention is in the present, then your intent for the future will manifest because the future is created in the present. Love that. So, me too. Love that. Love, love, love this. I love this book. Oh, my God. I forgot how much I love this book. <laughs> I think I'm going to read it again. <laughs> I knew that's what you were going to say. Woo! Yeah, exactly. Awesome. <laughs> I'm feeling the love. I'm feeling the good. love. Okay, the so number six. Sorry, I just had a little moment there. No, it's all number good. Number six. The law of detachment, which is what we were just speaking of. In detachment lies the wisdom of uncertainty. And in the wisdom of uncertainty lies the freedom from our past, from the known, mm-hmm. which is the prison of past conditioning. Amen. Amen, amen. amen. Yes, and in our willingness to step into the unknown, the field of all possibilities, we surrender ourselves to the creative mind that orchestrates the dance of the universe. God, I love Deepak Chopra. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So the law of detachment, yes, is that loving place of pure faith and trust. That How much better can it get? Well, it can get amazingly better. And it requires our willingness to let go of the fear of the unknown and just know that it's going to be okay. Hmm. That probably something even more greater than we can even imagine right now is, is lining up for us. So hmm. I would really believe it is a benevolent universe. It is I agree. the universe is conspiring with you, not against you. Yeah. And the only way that number, we experience yeah. it as the opposite before you go on to the last law is that we are living in the past trauma, fear, our, our, yeah. our stories of not being worthy or whatever we've been told yeah. or experienced yeah. in the world. And the, yeah. the, the magic happens when we allow ourselves to peel off those layers and be in our essence. And that's yeah. where magic happens. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And just, mm-hmm. just learning to trust in something that's totally. unseen. Totally. And finally, number seven is the law of dharma mm. or purpose in life. And I love this. Everyone has a purpose in life, a unique gift or special talent to give to others. And when we blend this unique talent 
with service to others. We mm. experience the ecstasy and exaltation of our own spirit, which is the ultimate goal of goals. You know, we're taught in the West to, that the ultimate goal of goals is to have stuff, is to acquire, is to accumulate, is to have the, you know, the RSP topped up, lots of money in the bank, you know, the nice car, and all those things are great, yeah. But the ultimate goal of goals is to find your unique talent, know what it is, cultivate it, and then use it in service to others. Nothing can make you more happy than that. I don't care how much money you're making. (laughs) You could be making five cents an hour, and if you're loving what you're doing to that level, you're a rich person. And you will manifest from there. You will manifest more than five five cents an hour. Yeah, it's a powerful. Yes, I agree. When you're in your dharma, uh, Mm -hmm. or what I believe the the Japanese call it, your ikigai. I think I'm saying that right. Please excuse me if I'm not. But I love that where you're the blending of your vocation, your profession, your unique talent, and your skill is all in one. It's they overlap, and it's your purpose for living. It's your it's your beingness that that is manifesting itself. It's, it's what you came here to do. It's like it's the seed in, inside of you that is waiting to grow. And you'll know when you have it because it'll feel, things will feel effortless. You'll, you'll feel nourished by what you're doing, not depleted. Even though it might be hard work, you'll feel awesome about your work. And you'll feel rich in your spirit and, and you'll create a life that you don't need a vacation from. incredible Mm. so that's the law of dharma and that's the seven spiritual laws and you can see how they build upon each other and they're almost in a circle because then it goes around to pure potentiality and yeah so so i highly recommend this book um for anybody out there that are just they're needing something to center themselves as they go through something really difficult um, a time of change that they've initiated themselves or is being initiated upon you. Um, please uh, just know that there's there's at least this book out there that will probably rock your world and, and help you through it. It's helped me many, many times. And I think I'm going to be reading it again, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That uh, I love the whole essence of all of those. And, um, you know, I think on some level we innately know this. It's just our job to recapture and reclaim the memory of the things that we know in our soul and our center, which brings me to um, the power of the East. Um, And for those of you who are just getting this show the first time, Debbie and I have been sharing our walk through the um, four directions and ending up here at the east. And um, the east is the element of fire. So you can really see and, and experience in what Debbie shared about those laws that the fire that we possess in terms of our passion, our knowledge is fire, um, our uh, insight is that element of fire. You know, when you finally go, oh, and you have that aha moment. Um, and in the element of fire, in the position of the east, which is his natural sitting place, is um, the practice of spiritual determination and determining from spirit. And, and what that means is not just in a spiritual practice like meditating and yoga and, all, you know, all the other spiritual practices you may or may not do, going to church, whatever it is for you. Um, The key here in this direction is determination. So I love what Debbie talked about, about those seven laws. It's about allowing yourself to surrender to the wisdom of the universe and to the divine, whatever you call that. Um, it is in all of those sacred laws, what it's trying to support us to do is get in alignment to how energy naturally flows, particularly in times of very big upheaval and disorientation or stress. And, and 
our mind in those times typically is trying to ground us into what we already know and what is familiar to us. And what is difficult when we're faced with an uncertain situation or perhaps in times when we have no control over what is unfolding is we want to go back to the way it was or the way we felt or what someone said or what they didn't say. And we're just recycling. That's us trying to get back to what we know so we're not afraid of the change or the uncertainty or the feeling, oh, my God, I don't have control over what's going to happen next. So in the East, if, if we can first acknowledge, oh, my God, we feel that way, <laughs> you can't ignore that no matter what yeah. you do. And there is no way that you can circumvent emotion and whatever is connected to the beliefs and the values and the lived experience there to just go into spirit. You just can't. You know, you have to feel your way through that to release it, as we talked about before. So what you're doing is once you've done that, you have to surrender to spirit. And that's a really challenging place for us in the West, particularly. We're taught about you got to know, you got to analyze, you got to deconstruct it, you got to figure out the strategy of what you got to do next, you got to know who's okay and who's not. Like, there's a lot of work we do to keep our foundational life the same, you know? And that's not our naturalness. Our naturalness is to evolve. And Debbie and I were talking about preparing for the show that evolution, physicists will tell you chaos is the evolutionary energy of transformation in ourselves, you know, in the universe in general. Big Bang was part of that, right? So spiritual, de- yeah, so spiritual determination in the East is allowing yourself to align to the wisdom of the universe and those seven sacred laws if you want to look at it that way, and move into an interactive right relationship with spirit. Now, you're saying to me, yeah, okay, whatever, but my, you know, I just lost my job or what the hell does that mean? Well, it means that you, you know, you have to do your due diligence if you got, you got to look for a job. You can't just sit at home and go, geez, I think spirit's just going to drop a job in my lap. We are, if only it were that easy. If only. Well, and, and really, it is oddly, serendipitously, that easy when you make quantum leaps. But that's another topic. But so um, it, it, it means you are in interactive relationship. In a physical body, you have to do physical things. If you don't eat and you don't get enough sleep, you get sick. That's just the nature of our being. You can modify your energy by spiritual practice to make it less sleep or different or less food, but you still have to have that because we are physical. So I'm trying to get to in our everyday world, we are physical, but the essence as Debbie shared of who we really are is our consciousness. That thing that's elusive that we can't hold in our hand, but people feel when we come in a room. That's what we're, that's truly power, right? It's the essence that they feel of you. That's spirit. That's consciousness. That's our relationship to the divine. So here in this East is passion and action. So spiritual determination meets the passion of what we want, which is part of those sacred laws that Debbie just shared with you. So it is allowing ourselves to have a deeper, farther wider, unlimited, sacred vision of our everyday life, including even when things are hard. And it is the place where our spiritual path meets enlightenment and its spiritual growth and evolution, and where we can see the mirrors of our self-reflection. And in English, that means, translated, if we move into that place, where we go, oh, my God, I'm feeling terrified because I don't have a job, and I'm, what am I going to do about money? And, oh, my God, i got to eat, and i got to pay my bills, and holy crap, i got kids. You know, once we feel that, allow the depth of the panic and fear to express itself so we don't stuff it, 
get support wherever we can, you know, do the typical things of, you know, I'm going to get my resume done. I'm going to look for a job, but then get still at some point in that day and breathe into your body to its innate wisdom and its connection to spirit with intending to connect to the divine wisdom of, you know, whatever you want to call the spirit of the divine, God, Buddha, you know, great spirit, great goddess, whatever. And then listen with your body and your emotions and determine what to do next from what comes. I recently had an experience, Debbie shared with you that my family's going through quite a transitory period that is quite frankly out of our control, an unexpected event um, that is life altering to be sure. And believe me, um, I'm very analytical and I'm very logical, but I have this commitment to spirit that I work every day. You know, I probably told this story about doing prayers every morning and whatnot. So, you know, I have a medicine pipe, but, you know, and and what's fascinating about the process that happened is I did a a medicine pipe and uh, my tobacco fill was one focused on change and transformation. And it literally happened a week to the day of when I did the pipe and, you know, here I am shocked and surprised, but the irony of that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so uh, it is that see again, those sacred laws, right? Mm. So, so what I I did was, you know, of course the shock of the, of the unexpected event filtered through me and my partner And, you know, it rocked our family on some level. And then we talked about, you know, what are we going to do in the short term and all those practical tips. And then I reached for spirit. I reached for some meditations that I found online about, you know, being in that manifesting stream. And I listened to them every night before bed. I decorded the energy attachments that I had or that that event had with me in, you know, a shamanic way where in you separate from the energy so that could clear my space. I did prayers and, and asked for guidance from my guides and, and the angels and, and the spirits that walk with me every day. And every single day I prayed, keep me out of fear and, and, you know, denial, but help me be in alignment so I am receptive to what comes. And strange things happened. You know, I got, I found this awesome radio show of this woman that talked about Quantum Leap. Um, I think her name is Susan Larson. It's really quite, uh, she's a physicist and um, multiple things. And it talks about being able to change your reality in an instant. You know, and it's it's quite tangible to do so, but uh, I won't go into how you do that. But, you know, so that came and then, you know, some people that in key places came with information. And then it's kind of like what I'm trying to share with you, that we just followed where the energy was moving rather than trying to keep the energy the way that we wanted it. You know, we don't have this thing and we have this absence of this thing. So, you know, typically I would be trying to get the absence of that thing filled with that thing. <laughs> yeah. And all that does is perpetuate that old energy because what I have come to realize in these two weeks since this event took place is that the more I get out of that space and I let go of whatever that was attached to, I recognize that had a time and place, it's over now. I need to move into this new place that's asking for us to move. And as we do that, the help is there. The wisdom is there. We get information. The The money is there. The money is there. So it is about this place of being receptive and reaching out to the divine wisdom that lives literally in us with those seven laws to the divine which wants to help us, like Debbie said. And in the dark aspect of the East, it's our shadow that lives in fantasy and illusion. That's the place that Buddhists call the Maya. That's living in our head. 
you know, we are taught when something happens, figure it out. Where does that figuring come from? Our head, our mind. And I'm not saying that that's not a good thing to have in your entire toolbox, but it is not the toolbox because it's not going to get you what you're dreaming about, what you're yearning for, what the passion and that fire in the East is asking you and begging you to find in you as you change and transform. So, you know, in this fantasy and illusion, we're, we're choosing unconsciousness and fear rather than being conscious that this is the place which is an opportunity for growth, to let go of what no longer serves us, to actualize our true self, to stop being trapped by our fear and our patterns, um, and to seek spiritual guidance to know what's next. It's that fire aspect that is pure spirit in physical form, that unlimited imagination that moves freely from our soul into the world and inside the mystery of what is possible in our everyday, including new jobs, money, friends, partners, houses, like magical things that happen because you align without fear. But you have to feel the fear. So this is a place where we examine our spiritual practices and our values in the world. Do you meditate? Do you pray? Do you do rituals? How do you connect with spirit? Because you have to have that every day. You know, I love, I'm, I'm, I'm like, like I think I've said to you before, I'm kind of like this mental, um, analytical, deep thinker, and, you know, this very spiritual person. And that's why my business is called The Peaceful Paradox, because I had to find a bridge between those places. Um, but I, I was going through all these spiritual teachings and, you know, getting new skills. And, and when stuff would happen, I would figure it out in my head. And then I get really frustrated because it wasn't going the way I wanted it to go. And the more it didn't go that way, the more I left in my head. Well, how do I fix? How do I? Fi- and I spend hours, literally, you can talk to my partner, hours figuring out stuff. And he'd say, why can't you just let this go? You've got to make space. Like he's saying, why can't you let this go? Well, I had to have some pretty big experiences where I had no choice but to surrender to spirit. You know, the bringing me to my knees or as my husband had an older gentleman work with him, the coming to Christ conversation. You know, you've got to... If you don't move with the evolution of the change where your passion and your true heart's desire is trying to take you, you will be brought to your knees because if you don't listen, you got to find a way through. And the only way to do that is sometime an external event. So, you know, our, in this place, the East, the last piece is, you know, um, what's your speed spiritually? So how do you grow spiritually? Do you grow in fast spurts, slow spurts? Are you kind of a middle-of-the-road person that likes to play both sides of the fence? Are you spontaneous? Uh, What's your comfort zone? You know, so get to know yourself spiritually is how you help to apply those spiritual laws. You know, I'm like a little lightning bolt. That's me. (laughs) And Debbie will be up. Debbie's laughing because she's had Reiki from me. I'm like, yeah. that's just my she's nature. Like, she's like a pouncy cat when she does research. I am a pouncy really cat. You're it a pouncy the, cat. It's yeah. the truth. And so <laughs> I can't, it's, you know, it used to bother me that that's the way it was, but that's my spiritual thing. So I go after things and like, boom, 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 boom. But yep. then what I had to learn was this place of allowing myself time to integrate because we typically as women don't own that wisdom and power that we have. And, uh, So um, it's a very interactive relationship you have to make with spirit, and you have to cultivate it by a conscious interaction. You can't just pray and think, okay, that's I'm done, I'm good. you got to put that spiritual stuff into everyday lived experience practice. So that means, uh, are you listening to your intuition through your day? You know, um, just recently, when I was looking for some extra money because of the events that unfolded, um, I literally saw in my head this 
money that came from this source that I forgot we even had, you know, because sometimes that happens. And, and I saw it, you know, the interest was deposited in our bank before Christmas. And so I spoke to my partner about this, and sure enough, there's money there. <laughs> I w- if I'd have been running around in my head, panicked, trying to figure it out, I could not have literally seen that picture. And it was literally like looking at a picture in a book in my head, and, and that's not my natural way of seeing. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, oh, what's that? And then I started to go, where did that come from? Oh, yeah, that's that, that such and such. I wonder about that such and such. And let's call about that such and such and biggity bangity. There it is. So that's it. what it looks like, right? Yeah. So you have yeah. to get still enough and you have to decide when you're interacting or asking the angels to help you or your spirits, you have to pay attention. That's determining yep. from spirit. It's acting. Yeah. That, yeah. It's interconnected. Being yeah. present. Yeah. Exactly. Present so how we process all things spiritual is in the East, and how we choose to live it is how do we feel about these things? What are we doing consciously? What are we allowing the other world, like the world, to dictate to us? Are we living in fear or are we living in truth? Are we allowing our right relationship to spirit fill us every day and go into the world every day. So we have to recognize that, and it's a place of choice. So I love what Debbie shared about those, you know, those beautiful, wonderful, universal laws that circumvent every religion. You know, they're bigger than that. Because it's like, you know, yeah. So we... When we are in chaos, and trust me, Debbie and I have been in that process recently. But I'm still, you know, my partner and I are still working our way through, and so are you, I guess. And you know what? Magic happens. I mean, it's just an amazing thing that you have to live to believe. Don't you believe, Deb? Like, you can't just, it's not a, let me think about this. Yeah, yeah. You could read about it all day long, but until you... uh, you're in it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the most magical thing because you really learn what you're made of, you know, what, what you have, what strength you have. And, and you learn so much about yourself and about spirit and about how you are supported. And, and um, it's, it's a big, it's, it's life altering really. It and is. that's why and many times you'll hear people that have, you know, great crisis in their life and whether, I mean, change comes upon us, whether we're ready or not, whether yeah. we go there willingly or we're drugged to the edge. And those are the, always the times where you look back and you go, you know, it was really hard when I was going through it, but I'm so glad it happened. You know, if you find yourself saying that, you know that you have completely and, and amazingly, um, embrace change and you've, yeah. you've trusted and you've grown. Yeah. So yeah, if, and, you're, and uh, if you're ready for me, I can read my, my poem, but I don't know. I didn't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the, the thing that I want to leave people with is I would really encourage you to start to take your spiritual beliefs and practices into your everyday life into that question that we talked about earlier, how much yeah. better can it get? Because this Sue, Susan Larson, who's the physicist, talks about our ability to get alternate outcomes because we're, we're aligning our energy to how much better that can it get instead of, oh, my God, how much worse can it get or I'm afraid it's going to yeah. get worse. Yeah, and it really, sure. truly is a critical foundational shift in our belief and in our energy field because we are truly pure consciousness in a physical body. And it's not some mamby-pamby thing. We are quantumly identified as energy. You know, um, yes. there's, there's a, qu- a quick thing is... Um, Debbie introduced me to this book called The Field by Jane McTaggart. Is that her first name, Deb? Jane? I think so. 
I know. Yeah. I know anyway, yeah. it's a phenomenal <laughs> I book. Be way better with names. Than no, that's okay. Yeah. It's a phenomenal book. But the, um, you know, so when quantum physics was just emerging as a field, it was very disrespected and thought to be kind of fairy tale science. And, um, you know, as they were doing research, they were getting diminished by the scientific hoo-hahs that make and determine what scientific and is not. And uh, so she was a reporter for, I think it was the New York Times, and she's since moved to England, but I think she was working in New York and and did a story on, you know, how this was happening for quantum physicists. Because they were getting their research funds dried up. People were, you know, basically making sure they weren't going to get anywhere. And, um, but they were having phenomenal replicatable success. And that's a key thing when you're doing research. So um, she started doing an article and then became a book about it. And the essence of the field is that we are literally made up of uh, and are very small particles of energy. So there was an experiment that was done with meditation and seeds. So one group in various places in the world uh, had Buddhist or high-level masters who were meditating masters m- meditate over the seeds um, and, and with the intention of making them grow faster. And the other area was not meditating over the seeds and it gave the same uh, conditions of light and water and food and exponentially, you know, whatnot. And they found over and over again that the meditated upon seeds grew faster, yielded more and were more vigilant and resourceful. That's that's the word consciousness right there. Pure consciousness consciousness. at work, girl. Yeah. So there you go. That's what I'm saying. Get your game on too. All right. So closing out, uh, it's been, my God, this hour went so fast. I don't know. It did. Feels like a dream. A dream that must be interpreted, which is the, coincidentally, the title of the very poem I'm going to read to you right now. (laughs) Got three minutes. This is a poem by the beautiful Rumi, and I'm going to read fast because it's a little bit long. The dream that must be interpreted. This place is a dream. Only a sleeper considers it real. Then death comes like dawn and you wake up laughing at what you thought was your grief. But there's a different with this there's a difference with this dream. Everything cruel and unconscious done in the illusion of the present world, all that does not fade away in the, at the death waking, it stays and it must be interpreted. All the mean laughing, all the quick sexual wanting, all those torn coats of Joseph that turn into powerful wolves that you must face, the retaliation that sometimes comes now, the swift payback hit. It's just a boy's game to what the other will be. You know about circumcision here. It's full castration there. And this groggy time we live, this is what it's like. A man goes to sleep in a town where he has always lived, and he dreams he's living in another town. And in the dream, he doesn't remember the town he's sleeping in his bed in. And he believes the reality of the dream town. The world is that kind of sleep. The dust of many crumbled cities settles over us, over us like a forgetful doze, but we are we're older. But we are older than those cities. We began as mineral, we merged into plant life and into the animal state, and then into human being. And always we have forgotten our former states, except in early spring when we slightly recall about being green again. And that's how a young person turns toward a teacher. That's how a baby leans toward the breast without knowing the secret of its desire, yet turning instinctively. Humankind is being led along an evolving course through this migration of intelligences. And though we seem to be sleeping, there is an inner wakefulness that directs the dream. And that will eventually startle us back to the truth of who we are. Amen. Yeah. So thank you all for coming. I close the circle and I bless you all with a wonderful week with spirit. Find the light, dear ones. Find the light. Yes, and be the light and be the change. And remember that the universe is with you. Uh, Pick up Deepak Chopra's book, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. You will not regret it. It is probably one of the best books I've ever read. I wish you had written it. <laughs> and Deepak, if you're out there listening, which I know you are, uh, you know, let's have tea. Let's hang. <laughs> right on. <laughs> yeah. So, Sean, I'm going to be taking a little break from the show for probably a couple of weeks. But while I get used to my new job, um, 
but we will uh, we'll be in touch again and and I think you may have some interesting guests lined up. I don't yes, know. Yes, I'll Probably have guests. Will. I'll miss Debbie, yeah. but I will have guests on the show and uh, yeah. we'll keep posted. And then Debbie will be back. Yeah. So have Take a great week and uh, find your way. <laughs>